Hey, thanks for joining me for another episode of Imperfect Me Women. I am so excited to share with you our guest today. Her name is Casey Bluedorn, and she is actually my cousin. And it's kind of funny because when back when I was actually just getting this idea for this podcast and kind of formulating who I would want to have on the show, my husband said, you should interview Casey. She has such a cool story. (laughs) And so I'm so glad that just the other day she reached out and offered to be interviewed. And I couldn't be more grateful for her willingness to share her story. And I know that you guys will get so much from it. She covers so much awesome information and really good advice and just really relatable as far as the struggles that she's been through. So give it a listen and I hope you enjoy. Casey Bluedorn is a lawyer, a mom, a wife, and an adventurer. She currently lives in Luxembourg with her husband and twin five-year-old boys, where she spends her days learning French, teaching yoga, and planning her next vacation. She's passionate about reading, art, and gummy bears. She's a Kansas City native and is always rooting for the Chiefs and the Royals. So thanks for the bio there. Just to clarify, that's not Luxembourg, Kentucky, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that was a place until we told people we were moving here. And then several people said, oh, Kentucky. Or they would say, oh, I've been there. It's in Germany. And I would go, no, no, no. <laughs> You're like, it's, it's not, not, it's not just, really. It's its own country, yeah. but yeah, it's a small one. So it's okay if you don't know about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, so thanks for kind of introducing yourself to everyone there. Why don't you go ahead and just dive into the story that you want to tell us today. Sure. So I grew up pretty motivated. I was always like very driven. I like to say high achieving. I think other people like to say overachieving. Um, but I, <laughs> I was always like really motivated to do things. I also never wanted to get married, never wanted to have kids. Like that just wasn't part of the life that I pictured for me. I pictured business suits and lots of meetings, you know, like, I don't know what I pictured, Mm -hmm. but it was like a city life. Right. And then I got married, (laughs) but I still, I knew what I wanted to do and I knew what I wanted with my life. I knew pretty early that I wanted to go to law school. I wanted to be a lawyer. And so I did an undergraduate knowing like what my end goals were. And then I started law school. I started law school. I had my twins in my first semester, which was not ideal planning, but I was like, I, you know, like I'm superwoman. I'm going to do this. I had several people, <laughs> including this guidance counselor, like tell me this was a very bad idea. <laughs> but then she told me that, well, I do know one girl who went to law school and had a kid and still did okay. And I was like, fine, I'll do better. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so I stuck through it and I did it and I did okay. I would have done better had I maybe taken some time off, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I did okay. And I was sure this is what I wanted to do with my life. I graduated law school. My husband also went to law school a year after me. And I worked for about a year and a half. And my husband had graduated law school and he started working. When an opportunity came up in his field here in Luxembourg. And we Mm -hmm. sort of joked, like, how crazy would that be if we moved to Luxembourg? (laughs) And then he, he got an interview. And we thought, 
you know, it's a pipe dream. And so he did the interview right. and it really went really well. And we were like, oh, I mean, it's, it's still a pipe dream, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, the next steps came. And, and before we knew it, he had a job here in Luxembourg. And I, we, we were so excited about this adventure that um, I didn't put a lot of thought into my career <laughs> at that point. I was just right. like, yeah, Luxembourg, that's going to be great. And we moved to Luxembourg and I quit my job and I thought I'll just like, I mean, my husband got a job in Luxembourg from the States, right? So like, surely right. I can come here, right. I can like get settled and, and I'll find work and it'll be life as normal again. And it wasn't. I came here and it turns out I don't have a visa to work here. And I only have a visa to live mm -hmm. here. And so to work here, I have to get somebody to sort of sponsor my visa and to help me along. And that's sort of a lot of work for a company to do when they could just hire a local who knows their local laws, which I don't know. Right. So I'm sort of not very useful here. And it put me in a funny situation I've never been in. It put me at home with my kids. It put me sort of all this time I had spent really pushing to have this fast paced career, you know? I didn't have any of that, and it was a really, really difficult adjustment for me. I got here in, like, the dead of winter, and it's, like, gray and cloudy all the time, and it's freezing, and everybody speaks one of three different languages that I don't speak, <laughs> mm -hmm. and and I can't do anything, and there's, like, this immigration paperwork, and um, we're, like, trying to set up everything, you know, from bank accounts to cell phones, and, like, it's all in for it's foreign languages it's just it was a very difficult transition and I didn't know anybody and right. I think I went through a period of some pretty severe depression in my first couple of months here and a lot of that was related to not working mm -hmm. for the first time it it was it was not what I wanted to be doing it was not what I'd ever seen for myself and I'm like sitting at home playing checkers with five-year-olds <laughs> And um, <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you have spent time playing checkers with five-year-olds, but it's not fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So eventually the sun did appear again in Luxembourg. And <laughs> I, I sort of, I started to meet some friends and my kids made friends at school and we started to get more settled in and we had a really beautiful summer here. But everybody I met, every time I like met somebody new, I was always sort of like, yeah, but this isn't long-term for me. Yeah, we can go play at a park right. at a play date, but don't plan on it. <laughs> like, I'm gonna uh -huh. work soon, I'm a working mom. Like, that's just part of my identity, right? Uh -huh. like, I'm a working mom, like this isn't me. And I very much separated me from what I was currently doing. Right. So this is very temporary. Yeah. Like you said, kind of don't count on this because I'm definitely not counting on exactly. this. Exactly. Like, like, no is... way am I going to let myself stay in this role forever. Totally. Like, <laughs> this is not my life. It's not what I planned. I'm getting out of here ASAP. Never mind how likely mm -hmm. offensive this was to all the people I was spending time with. Right. I was just staying in it. And that was, that was what I was doing. And then I found work. It wasn't in my field and it wasn't like anything I had done before. But I had told everybody, I just want work. Like, I just, I can't be home with my kids, you know? Right. And so I sort of felt like mm -hmm. I had to take the opportunity, you know? Everybody's like, well, you got a job. Like, you, you have to take it. And so, and I, and I, like, I sort of narrowed myself into that. Right. And I took a job as a recruiter. And it was really awful. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and it's not just the job. 
it was not good. It, was, it, it wasn't the right job for me. It wasn't a great atmosphere, but also I, it really opened my eyes to some things. I think I, because I had never thought about staying at home, I had never really put myself in those shoes. And I realized Mm -hmm. then what I was missing out on, right? My kids had always before been in full-time childcare, so I thought it wouldn't be a big deal to put them in full-time childcare here. But I suddenly noticed that when I picked them up from childcare, they were sort of down. They were just kind of sad. Mm -hmm. And in defense of my poor children, they go to to school in Luxembourgish in the morning, and then they had like a French babysitter (laughs) pick them up, and then they don't speak any of these languages. And it's like, it's really stressful on a five-year-old. And I felt like I could see that. And I would ask them about their day and they would just say, it's fine. And if you only have a little bit of time in the evening to talk to your kids about their day, they'll mostly just say it's fine. But if you are playing checkers with them, you're more likely to get them to say, like, at school today, this kid said this to me, you know? Right, right. And I just sort of realized these things, which I'm sure plenty of people in this world knew long before I did. Mm -hmm. And I realized what it meant to me. And especially in this situation in a foreign country, I think I realized that while I wanted to do valuable work, like raising kids wasn't my dream, I didn't want to be working just for Mm -hmm. the sake of working. Right. And there were a lot of benefits to being home with my kids. And I was starting to see those. And when I took a minute to really balance those out, I realized I wanted to be home with my kids, which was like a earth-shattering realization for somebody who had like fought against that identity forever. <laughs> <laughs> so I quit my job and I came back home with the kids and it's like a new world, I think, because I'm no longer mm-hmm. insisting that this isn't me. Right. And it's it's hard in a lot of ways because... I still feel like I failed at something, right? Mm-hmm. My law school is not going to invite me back to speak. You know? You know? Mm-hmm. Nobody in law school is going to be like, I want to be like that girl. The prestige isn't there. The prestige is gone. In this. Also, though, like, yeah. I'm living up to what I definitely didn't want to be like in law school, right? I sort of right. judged these women who had gone to law school and then, like, stayed home with their kids and what a waste. Uh-huh. But I was like, that's definitely not going to be me, right? And there's those other girls in law school. Like, she's one of those. She's just going to stay home, you know? Uh-huh. Like, judgy me <laughs> really was a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm sitting here in these shoes and I feel sheepish. And I feel like, I feel both like I'm, I'm finally doing something that I feel good about. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that I feel equally as bad about it. Yeah. Because at, at one point you've gained this new perspective that has allowed you to kind of gain this appreciation for this role and connection to your kids, right. but also you're losing, or it feels like this loss of this identity that you've held on to for so long. Total identity. And, and it's an identity that I don't know that I want, like, I don't want to give it up. Right. I still, I still want to be that, but just maybe... Yeah. Not right now in this situation. Maybe, I don't know. I still look mm-hmm. at all of my friends from law school who are out there just just kicking butt, you know? Right. And I think I'm so proud of these women and I'm so envious of these women, right? These are like strong, capable women who have kids at home and these great careers. And that's, that's what I want to be doing. But also mm-hmm. in this situation I'm in, 
I also kind of just want to go to France today. And so I did. <laughs> like, I, right. I'm also living this right. like, dream life in Europe. And I'm with my kid. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain. The situation that I'm in allowed for this other opportunity, mm-hmm. which feels both like a failure and also like something really great. Yeah, it's almost like you needed this just as much as you would have needed to be able to work. Yeah. You need this to learn something different or new about yourself and your own, what you're capable of and what, you know, what you can be good at. Yeah, no, I totally think you're right. In fact, I, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm kind of really good at this job. <laughs> I think you're allowed to say that. <laughs> I am, I'm really like all these things that made me a very good and capable attorney, my type A personality, my organization, I mean, I'm like really good at keeping a calendar. I'm really good at scheduling our meetings and sticking to a cleaning schedule and planning our meals and like arranging and like, I run our house really well. I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. very great at the momming part of it. <laughs> that's, I guess, something for me to work on. But the actual, like, the running of the house does use of so many of my skills in a really, in a great way. And I think, and it's not, like, I know for a lot of people that's a big burden. And for me, it's not. Mm-hmm. Mothering my children is kind of a burden. <laughs> um, but the, the house care like the logistics of running the house i kind of like i'm kind, i'm good at yeah. it you know is that surprising to you totally. after all this time yeah because i fought against this forever like i i refused to see if i would be good at it because i didn't want to do it <laughs> uh-huh do you now that you're kind of on the opposite end do you feel like you're able to find fulfillment in your day-to-day or is that still something that you kind of struggle with yeah I find a lot of fulfillment funny to me because I will feel very fulfilled in one half of me and the other half of me I think like I see that degree on the wall and I'm like I've done nothing for that Mm -hmm. I'm not even a lawyer like what am I doing today that has anything to do with the seven years I spent getting an education Mm -hmm. so I I feel both things I feel like fulfilled and failing. Can you feel those at the same time? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I was actually going to commend you on speaking to that because I think a lot of times we think that we can only be feeling one thing. If if I'm grateful, but also sad, then I must not be grateful enough, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that you speaking to that is so real because I, that is, that's what we experience. And most situations like that, you're going to have this kind of sad part of you that feels the sense of loss and then also kind of this fulfilled part of you that's surprised and fulfilled in what you're doing. And I think that that's great. Yeah. I think you're right. It really is this like sense of loss. Like I I do feel like something is that I've lost this career, this identity that I had, you know, that I spent a year telling everybody like, I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. I spent not just the last year, but my whole life telling everybody, no, 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 I'm a working mom. Right. 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 And, and to, to give that up, even if only temporarily, like I don't know that this is my my long term situation, but right. to give it up for any amount of time seems like like a loss. Yeah, and it makes sense because now you're on a completely different path for for right now. You're right, and you're having to kind of cope with that. Yeah, I kind of am interested as well in this process for you because it seems like so you went 
you had this identity and then you were like, okay, Luxembourg, that sounds like an adventure. And I know you well enough to know that you've always wanted to live overseas. So I'm sure that was even more exciting for you. Right. And then you, you get there and you go through this depression. Mm -hmm. How do you feel like you coped with that? Not knowing anybody being in a new country, all of that. How do you feel like you dealt with that? Probably not in very healthy ways. (laughs) I think I reverted into myself, you know? It was a really difficult time in my marriage, in my faith, in my family. I feel like I sort of closed down. And eventually, there are some things that help. We saw a marriage counselor, which was helpful, like, individually and for our marriage. Mm-hmm. We, I was um, training for a triathlon with my sister, and so she was like checking in on me and like, "Did you do your workout?" Mm-hmm. These kinds of things kept it gave me something to do each day. And slowly but surely, you find, or at least I was lucky enough to find a good group of friends that I think was really able to show me um, how to live this life, right? To show me like how to live in Luxembourg and to show me how. To stay home with kids and slowly I mean it was April or May when people would say hey I'm going to the park today do you want to come and I would jump at it bring my kids to the park (laughs) and eventually I guess I just made friends and I think it made all the difference I like I I feel very fortunate to have made good friends who sort of showed me how to do this I think I just I just didn't know what what to do, right? I like my kids would go to like yeah. school in the morning and they'd be out at noon and I'm like, Okay, well, I guess we got like seven hours till bedtime. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um and obviously the sun coming out makes all the difference for kids. Like I yeah. could just take them outside. Yeah. But yeah, I think people really rescued me there in some ways. Mm-hmm. And not that it's not still a struggle. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. So how do you feel like you were able, so you, so you went through the spring Mm -hmm. and other moms were able to kind of show you this is, this is how to be a stay at home mom and not go crazy. (laughs) And so you got through that and then slowly you just feel like you were able to kind of make those connections and you feel like where you were saying that was, that's what really made the difference for you is being able to connect with other people. Was there anything else that kind of helped you come out of that? I mean, it seems like as I'm kind of talking through this, that when you chose not to work kind of in that moment, you realized that you were choosing to stay home instead of just being forced into it or like it being a default plan for now that now all of a sudden you get to make that as a choice do you feel like that made a difference for you yeah I think it totally made a difference I think that I continued to sort of hold myself to this identity like this is not what I'm doing I was just like put in this situation this is not me for so long even when I had good friends and I was enjoying it and then I got that job and I actually, I got the phone call that I had, that they wanted to hire me while I was at a friend's house and our kids were playing and we were having like this great conversation. It was my favorite kind of play date, right? (laughs) And, and I got the phone call and I was, I don't get to do this anymore. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. I, she was so happy for me. She was very kind. And I, yeah, I got the job and she's like, that's so great. And then I was just sort of like, so I, this is our last one. <laughs> um, and I think that's where it sort of struck me that like, this actually hasn't all been miserable. And then mm-hmm. I went to work and the contrast was so severe that I think choosing to then leave the job and come home made the difference. That That's when I, now I get to enjoy it because I'm no longer right. fighting this like, but this isn't me. For now, this actually is me, and it is what I chose, mm-hmm. and like, and I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. So being able to make that choice, it's almost like you suddenly there was this feeling of loss about being a stay-at-home mom in yeah. that moment of oh wait, but I don't want to lose that. Totally. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I think when I left the states, I. I mean, I remember when I went in to tell the judge I was working for at the time that I was quitting and she was like this great, again, like strong female role model woman who never left her career, you know? And so I go in and my husband got a job and we're moving to Luxembourg and she says, great, like that sounds amazing. What are you going to do? And I'm like, oh crap, you know? And I I burst into tears right there in her office. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. And that's when I felt like that sense of loss for giving up that mm-hmm. career. And then when I went to this new job here in Luxembourg, and I felt that same sense of loss for giving up staying home with my kids, I was surprised by that. And then mm-hmm. when I worked for a little bit and I thought if I quit, I thought about quitting and then I felt no sense of loss. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're like, oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I think a big part of it is the career that's right for me, right? Um, I loved mm-hmm. my career in right, the States. Right. I loved the job I was working for. I loved what I was doing. And I, I didn't have that connection to the job I was doing here. So that made a big difference for sure. Yeah. You realize that not all jobs are created equal. Right. And yeah. And that I think I just had this working mom identity that it was sort of like, mm-hmm. it didn't matter what it was, but I couldn't be home. I was Maybe more than a working mom, I was like an anti-staying-at-home mom. I didn't need like, right. Right. anything but this thing. Mm-hmm. And and it really got in my way. This like expectation that I had was preventing me from recognizing what maybe I would enjoy, especially in this, such a unique chance. I mean, how many people get to live yeah. in Europe and explore it? And I don't want to give that up just to... Work. I mean, I get to explore all day. My husband has to work. I've got the better end of the deal here <laughs> if I'm just willing to accept it, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So in kind of accepting that now, where do you see yourself going? Because you guys, I mean, is this a, this is a pretty permanent thing for you guys to be there yeah. for now. Um, right? That's a hard question because, <laughs> yeah, it is pretty permanent. We, we hope that we get to stay here for forever i mean we we plan to come for for long term when we got here but the longer we live here the longer we love it mm-hmm. and so we want to stay which puts me in a in a strange situation the older my kids get the less needed i am at home mm-hmm. and and i i as much as i do love doing yoga and training for triathlons <laughs> and reading books in in my, in my spare time I can't just do that always. 
So I do have to figure out something to do, but I think, I don't know how to answer that question because mm -hmm. right now I'm just really happy doing this and maybe that's all that I yeah. know. Yeah. Maybe that's where your focus needs to be right now. Yeah. And I, I have spent so long figuring out the next step, you know, and what's right. this going to look like. Yeah. And I still stress over what this is going to look like on my resume one day. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know. I guess I'll just have to figure it out when it happens or when something comes up. Or I mean, there's a million different things you can do with a law degree, and maybe I'll end up in some other field, and maybe I'll find something that I'm really passionate about that I can do, and then I won't feel like all this time was a failure. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that maybe one day I will look back and go, oh, that's why. Yeah. But maybe I won't. Maybe one day I'll just look back and go, well, I'm glad I had that time. Yeah. You yeah. Know. yeah. Being able to look back and, and be grateful for it will be the triumph there, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right about that. Yeah. Well, I love that you're, I, I love that you're being honest and open about the fact that even now with where you're at, you're in a better place, but you still don't really have it all figured out. I have nothing figured <laughs> out. Uh, I have figured out as much as as I need for this moment, which is mm -hmm. that I, I do enjoy this thing that I, that I fought so hard against for so long. And there's some relief in that. Yeah. There's some, there's some relief. There's also torture in it, right? There's <laughs> there, like I said, like I feel two sides of, of this coin at the same time. I also, I really hate proving the haters, right? You know, um, all these people who the pride thing there. Yes, it's I know it's so prideful, but it's just like so many people mm -hmm. who would say things like, "One day you'll realize what's important." And I'm like, mm -hmm. I want to be real clear. That's not what happened, <laughs> right? Like, I don't want anyone to right. be like, "Ah, see, she figured it out." I'm like, no, no, it's not that I like figured it out. I. Just for me right now, this is the right answer. Let's not apply right. this too broadly. Uh, uh huh. Yeah. Because because for you as a woman and and who you are, working is part of you, and that's not ever going to go anywhere, regardless of how long you stay at home with your kids. Yeah. So it's not like you're suddenly just dropping that because you figured out that being a stay-at-home mom is pretty cool. Right. Right. You know, like that's always going to be there with you. Right. And it's so not like, sense. it's not a matter of, I realized one was better than the other. I just realized mm -hmm. which one worked for me right now and decided to right. enjoy it instead of insist on the other one. Yeah. But I, it's, I don't think there is a better, right? Like my mm -hmm. advice is inapplicable to anyone who didn't like go to law school and have twins in law school and then move to Luxembourg because of the husband's <laughs> job, you know, like <laughs> right. unless they're in this situation, it's entirely inapplicable. Yeah. I, it, it can't be applied to other people. There's no one answer. Maybe that's what matters. Mm -hmm. To realize that there's no one answer right, to it. Right. Yeah. And it seems like for you, the fact that you were so focused on this goal for, for so long that you were able to shift that perspective. It was all in the perspective for you because you're still doing the same thing. Yeah. I mean, like you were still staying at home, but being able to say, I'm choosing this and I'm embracing this time in my life right now. Yeah. 
versus this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know that I've ever had such a a perspective shift. And in fact, until you said that, like I hadn't thought about this as a perspective shift. I feel like I um, have read one million self-help books about like changing your perspective. (laughs) And I'm always... a perspective shift seems like this lie that you like tell yourself and you wink about it, right? You're like, okay, I'm happy now. Wink, wink. Somehow you're supposed to believe that. And I'm like, oh, well, I can tell myself that, but I still know. Mm-hmm. But I still know how I feel. Like, I don't know how you force yeah, it. I'm kind of... still unhappy. <laughs> right. It's just like this secret. You just, I don't know. I feel like you're just winking. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to explain it. It's a problem I have in a lot of facets of my life. It's you're supposed to just tell yourself it's true. And then right. you go forward. And I feel like I don't know how to lie to myself like that. I'm not just I don't believe anyone <laughs> when they talk to me, even myself. So <laughs> I, know, I guess I can't solve that. Right. But I think maybe what matters is this. I, could, I didn't do it to myself, right? Mm-hmm. It happened upon me that these experiences came up and I somehow realized I didn't look in the mirror and decide, you are going to stay at home and you are going to be happy. Mm-hmm. It was more of a realization than a intentional move. And the realization did, though, make 100% of the difference. Now, I like, I mean, my sister asked me the other day, like, so how is the job hunt going? And I was able to say, you know, I'm not even looking for anything right now. I'm just enjoying my time home with my kids. And in the last year, I never would have said that. Even in the, if I didn't apply for a job that week, you know, I couldn't find anything or I had given up hope on the job search. I would always say, oh, yeah. it's going miserably. I can never find it. I just had, I don't know, this, it was this terrible thing that was happening to me. And now it's something right. I chose. And, and just be, because of that difference, I'm so much happier about it. Mm-hmm. It's all in the choice there. Yeah. To be able to say, I'm choosing this instead of it's just happening to me. Yeah. And I wish I knew how to feel that way about all sorts of things in life, right? Right. I don't like how to convince yourself that this is a choice and now I can enjoy it. I don't know how to choose. (laughs) Anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think part of it's just going through that process of being able to, like for you, you were able to weigh both options. Sometimes we don't get that chance to have kind of both options in front of us but for you to be able to say well I there's always that option yeah I'm realizing now that I actually prefer the other one yeah yeah okay so kind of closing up here what would you I know you said (laughs) it's hard for you to really give advice to people who who haven't been in your exact situation but for people Mm -hmm. who might be in a similar situation where they're stuck I think I think especially women find themselves in these kinds of situations all the time because identifying (laughs) who you are, whether it's a career or a mom or a wife and all of these different facets of our lives, that can be really, really tough for women, especially nowadays. And when we have so many options and so many people pulling at us in different directions culturally. Yeah. So for other women who might be kind of struggling like that, like you were with their identity and how, how they're dealing day to day, what kind of advice or, you know, knowledge can you give to them? That's a good question. I think, I don't know how to do it, but I, I wish that we could give up this 
made up identity, right? These, these like labels, maybe there's like a way mm -hmm. to throw out these labels, but I like, I pictured myself, I am a working mom. Like that is my identity. And so to, I right. can't stray from that because it's who I am. It's part of that trying to separate yourself from your thoughts kind of thing. If we can put those things aside and just figure out what's, what part of our day we enjoy, what is bringing you happiness? Mm -hmm. Like I try to look back and think of like, what are the happiest things that I do in my day? Today, I took my kids to my favorite cathedral and you have this feeling of mm -hmm. bursting with joy. I don't get that feeling often, but sometimes you get this feeling where you're like <laughs> bursting with joy. I get that when I take my kids to do these things. I do not get that when I take my kids to the zoo. That's not like, <laughs> you know, like there's, a, there's lots of these things that I, I'm able to differentiate what, what do I enjoy and what do I not enjoy. Right. And it's okay. I think that's what is important. Maybe that's the heart of it is that like, it is okay to know what you enjoy and what you don't. Right. The other day at church, somebody asked me if I would be on a list of substitute teachers for the children's group. <laughs> And she had to have a translator there in French to sort of, because she had some very broken English and right. I have very broken French. And she asked me if I'd be on this list. And I said, uh, well, je n'aime pas les enfants, which means <laughs> I don't like children. <laughs> and, um, and she looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, I, first of all, you can't pad things very softly in a second language. <laughs> right. when, well, you, when you have right. broken language, there's no justifying right. it. It's like, just what it is. Listen, I don't know what to tell you. I don't like kids. <laughs> like, uh, she went, okay, now I know. And I was like, huh? Yes, now you know. And I think, I know, I know. I think this is actually so important. To be mm -hmm. able to uh, know what we like, what brings us joy, what makes your heart burst like that, right? right? Other things that make my heart burst include standing in front of a judge. Mm -hmm. I also, in part of my career path, went through the police academy. And that was the best graduation of anything I've been most proud, like any graduation I've done, is my police academy graduation. And that made my heart burst. Mm -hmm. It makes my heart burst to take my kids to a, the Philharmonic. These things when I can identify what makes me happy, recruiting people, recruiting IT people to work. <laughs> I had no, no heartbreaking heart moments there. at that job. None. Right. And I had some heartbreaking moments with my kids that made me think that it wasn't worth it. Right. And I think my, I guess my advice is just to find out what makes your heart burst. Just, right. And, and just accept that. I know that working with kids doesn't make my heart burst. And so I'm okay telling somebody that I don't like kids. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I also know that being home with my kids gives me more heart bursting moments. And so I need to also accept that. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a hard thing to do. It's hard when your identity doesn't match what's currently making your heart burst. Yeah. And there's got to be some kind of balance between planning for the future and recognizing current moments of happiness. Yeah. Because getting a PhD, like the work to do it, might not make your heart burst, but the career that follows might make your heart burst, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have to do hard work. And I don't want to dismiss that. I really don't believe that we should just 
go around all day like the idea of living every day like it's your last thing that's right. really gonna line you up for nothing you yeah. know like <laughs> you're gonna regret that tomorrow when it's yeah. not your last day well I think there's some depth to what you're saying like it's not just fleeting moments of happiness it's true fulfillment and true happiness joy that you're feeling in those moments yeah yeah I agree I think that being able to identify this real true joy Mm -hmm. and that is a little heartbreaking sometimes there are some things in my life that I thought brought me a lot of joy yeah that I that I have found don't and it has been kind of heartbreaking to Mm -hmm. let some things go that that don't bring me joy because that's what you always expected from them because I just always thought that's what I'd have yeah and that is that's difficult but when you get those moments that do bring you joy it's worth it yeah well it seems like you're also kind of saying you don't have to apologize for that (laughs) like you can just own that part of yourself and realize that everybody's going to be different and you don't have to feel bad or sheepish about the fact that your your heart bursting moments are different than other people's. Totally, I wish that that we could all accept that everyone's gonna have a different heart bursting moment. This is uh, I don't know why I'm suddenly thinking of Marie Kondo's um, sparking. <laughs> what joy. brings you joy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So she goes through all these clothing or not clothing, but like all the items in your house, and you hold it and you see if it sparks joy. Right. And several of the episodes of the Netflix show. People say, well, I don't know how to tell that, you know, it's a t-shirt. What do you mean? Does it spark joy? Right. She said, like, okay, you have this mountain of clothes. So first, find one thing that you are sure does spark joy. Right. Right? And so they go find, like, you know, their old concert t-shirt or whatever, something they really love. They Mm -hmm. can feel the feeling of joy, and then you can recognize it elsewhere. Right. And I think that's a valid principle, right? Yeah. Find your feeling and recognize it elsewhere. And everyone's is going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I think we can make an entire therapy method based off of Marie Kondo's uh, cleaning totally. methods. Find joy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd, it'd be valuable. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I think that this is going to just have such a wonderful impact on everybody who listens to it. And I'm so, so grateful that you are willing to share your story with everyone. That has been awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I hope that if it's helpful to anybody, then it's worth I can't tell you how much of a privilege it is to have women offering to share their stories. I was just talking to my husband about how awesome it is that so many women are willing to share such vulnerable and uh, imperfect parts of themselves so that they can help other women not feel so alone. So I'm so grateful that Casey was able to do that today. And I have a bunch of awesome women lined up for future episodes. So definitely stay tuned for next episode in a couple of weeks. And you can also find out more about me on imperfectmewomen.com. And you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'm not as big in Twitter, but I'm working on it. (laughs) And as always, if you would like to learn more about my life coaching services, you're welcome to visit my website. There's plenty of information on there as well. I hope you guys have an amazing couple of weeks and I will see you next time. Bye.